3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this is a special Force Center reacts. What are we reacting to? I- in just bonkers amount of Star Wars news. I am Joseph
4: Scribshaw.
2: I am Bob Iger here, <laughs> and Neftak here. What a day, Joseph! Right. This is this is just uh, it's it's hard to
3: put words to. We have long joked about uh, Igercon that we were starting to get all of our Star Wars uh, information uh, from these kind of investor calls. And now it has grown into a, a full BobCon with Bob Iger and Bob Chavick, <laughs> and all of these uh, these different figures from Disney. But this was something different, right? Because we are yeah. still in this pandemic and this was a, a an investor day, a Disney investor day. Yeah. It was a streaming event, but it was also clearly designed for both investors and for the general public. And kind of got to that level of a of a thing I've kind of agitated for with Star Wars of in the past, you know, uh, Marvel has done events live at El Capitan and kind of announced a bunch of stuff at, at once with some, you know, a little bit of pomp and circumstance. And this wasn't fully that because, you know, people couldn't be there live and actors didn't walk out on stage. But this was a little bit of just this huge injection of like, look. We know what we're doing. We know where we're going. We're confirming things. We're supporting things. And we're announcing brand new things. And look at this huge galaxy of Star Wars that is coming. So that was really, really cool to see.
2: It was absolutely fun to watch. I texted you at one point, I'm nervous and excited. and, And that's just fun to feel as a fan. This is not like the phone calls we were all uh, plugging into on in previous Iger cons. Uh, you know, uh, this is something big, something fun. And yeah, you know, Star Wars Celebration, we didn't get that. And who knows how many of these might have been announced there or uh, D20 in any, any the convention. It turned into this. It was kind of silly. You and I, you and I, I think, shared obsession with business speak <laughs> and how we, not, not hate it and just a cynical, but just like I'm obsessed with those that believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, I I am obsessed
3: with it. I got a stand up bit, uh, you know, describing business speak as somebody you know invented it when they said, "What if it was poetry but kind of ugly?" <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's what it is to right. me. Is that yes. I think it is in order for business people to feel confident that they're spending their money well, they want these sort of markers of confidence, and having their own lingo is a part of it. It's like, well, if it's vertical, then I am okay spending money on it because, come yeah. on,
2: vertical. No. I almost walked out of the last job I had. Sorry, I cut you off. I almost walked out of the last job I had at a, at a, at a digital brand when the owner sat down and pulled us around and said, all right, guys, we need to ideate. I was like, I- I'm out. I'm out. I'm not ideating nothing.
3: I will come up with ideas if you would like that. But like, is our time so limited that we can't say come up with ideas and we have to say ideate? Sorry. No, totally understandable. And I think that is uh, that's kind of where I wanted to start us off. Um, Wanted to let our listeners know that we you know, this was a surprise that it was going to be this much Star Wars news. Um, So we only have about an hour to record. In yeah. like a lot of these pieces of news, we would normally do two hours just on Hayden Christensen being yeah. confirmed as Vader in the Obi Wan Kenobi show. So this is going to be a fun, uh, fast overview, and we will continue to talk about all these details for weeks and um, years because this is uh, just yes. the beginning of years worth of projects. And I know it's overwhelming now, but just think of how long all of this is going to take to play out. You know, you know,
2: uh, you know. Sorry, I'm excited. I, I keep stepping on you no, a little please. bit. And by the way, a lot of people are tweeting us like, oh, you guys are going to go on for four hours. T- uh, blame me. Joseph would gladly talk to, about Star Wars up until Mandalorian drops tonight when we're recording this. Um, I uh, I have something I have to go take care of. It was just one of those kind of days. But I did joke uh, in the past where I'm like, I don't know if I'll want to be or if I should even be talking about Star Wars on a podcast till I'm 50. I now have a <laughs> path to that. <laughs> you and I will be here and, and Jennifer doing Force Center well into our retirement years just be based on today's announcement
3: yeah I'm gonna have an actual lightsaber cane like Terra Sanube by the time we're done talking about Star Wars uh, which is just a, a strange beautiful slightly troubling thing to think about but so we're gonna try to talk about uh, all this stuff uh, all the uh, all the different shows and movies uh, announced or, or discussed uh, and give a kind of brief overview, pull out the little things that were kind of interesting. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot interesting in what was said and what was not said. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, we'll be talking about it more all in, in much greater detail, but we talked a little bit about the business side of it. I wanted to get just a little sense from you, Ken, of our overall reaction. You know, uh, how did you feel about this style of presentation, about getting this much news in one go? What was your big picture reaction?
2: I, I love it because uh, it is it, something that, uh, you know, again, you you've been uh, definitely uh, leading the charge on this thing. I think were you at the El Capitan event for Marvel? No, I
3: just streamed it, and it was just Dreamed like it. it's so exciting. It was so exciting yeah. when they announced not only is it Civil War, but then oh, here's yeah. here's the actors on stage. You know,
2: yeah, we we had a lot of mutual friends who had attended that. I did not, um, but it was just fun, and I know a lot of them were Marvel fans and everything. I've wanted that for Star Wars. And look, it is unfortunate. It's it's the nature of the business. This is not me. Ken Rance on scoop culture again. I, I, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I get it. Um, but, you know, some of this stuff was confirmation for some of us. But for many people, many people, uh, this was the first time. Uh, and I love that stuff. You and I always do our partner test. Um, uh, Sarah, your wife, Grace, my girlfriend are are Star Wars fans, but uh, they don't have podcasts about it. <laughs> and I, I came home. I was over at at, a, at an office uh, sitting there watching it. And I came home and I said, did you hear the big one thing that I know you're going to love? And she, I said, what I said uh, Hayden Christians is back at, at Vader uh, as Vader. Grace broke up with me for two minutes. I tried <laughs> to go Just watch this show without me. Um, And she loves it. She had not an inkling of that, you know? That's why this is valuable. That's why this wins the day for Star Wars.
3: Yeah, and I even saw some people responding to some tweets that I did of like, holy crap, Cassian Andor has a show? You know, and, you know, you could have that, like... Yeah, it's been talked about for a while, but like this is this kind of announcement gets that news out to more people. And, you know, to see people light up at the idea of Andor and, you know, with that sizzle reel, I think making it a little bit more exciting, more real to people. It's cool Mm -hmm. to see it actually, you know, get out there in the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. uh, So I loved it and and, and love Kathleen up there front and center delivering the news. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, there is, I do just
3: want to acknowledge, I think you and I talk about it on the podcast relatively often. There is no denial in my heart that Disney is a massive, a little bit frightening corporation and their point is to make money. And I think that there's always that discussion around Star Wars, you know, going back to, uh, oh, Lucas is just, you know, trying to make money with the Ewoks, you know, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've kind of joked like, yeah, you know, Lucas didn't set up his Star Wars nonprofit, you know, in the seventies, he made lucrative deals on purpose. He wanted to be successful and have money to tell his stories. And I think this is such a different and in, in kind of modern evolution of it. This is this massive corporation. We're literally listening to all of this corporate speak. I hung on to the very end and watched them take some actual like questions from investors about their ESPN strategy in Latin mm-hmm. America, you know? Um mm-hmm. it's undeniably business. Um uh, but for me, Star Wars, obviously, as we talk about it, it it is something that can feel soulless, uh, a big corporation wanting to make money. Mm-hmm. But to me, that potentially soulless thing mm-hmm. is still creating something that has soul. And even though, yes, this, some something like this makes it really obvious, these things are being made uh, to make money. They want us to get excited. They want us to do podcasts. But I am okay with that for myself because I find the soul in what they create. And the artists clearly create it with such soul. And, you know, Patty Jenkins and Dave Filoni and all of these, Hayden Christensen, all of these different creators that they announced today, Leslie Headland, all those people are making something from the heart, from the soul. So it, I just want to emphasize that because I see the cynical takes of like, uh, and got some cynical tweets, not from four center listeners, but from you know random people on the internet of uh, you know congrats on selling your soul kind of stuff. <laughs> mm. So I just wanted to take a second to mm. say, like, I know that that this is a corporation that wants me to give them my money, uh, but I find the things that they create to be soulful and beautiful.
2: So I do. Yeah. No, I look, I think that keeps in line with how you and I view Star Wars and what we uh, how do we try how, how we try to approach not just our Star Wars fandom, but a lot of our fandoms and things in life. And it is what it is. And it's look, it's just fascinating to watch this streaming war as it goes on, which is what it is. You have the big HBO Max Warner Brothers announcement uh, problems and all and controversies and Christopher Nolan takes and all that's going on. This is part of that. And. And re, you and I read that Iger book. And and again, I always say, like, I, I get it. Iger's a, a, a big, rich CEO, but he, he has also had a long career and worked hard and was behind a lot of things I love. And I can recognize both sides of it. And, 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 and I think he is kind of one of those innovators in the sense of, yeah, let's get out in front of this and let's see what's next. And I am excited for that. But I, I understand. But I also I, I love going to Disneyland and I love paying two hundred dollars a head to go get <laughs> a turkey leg. And and I think you're right, Joseph, and I've seen some of those tweets, too. And, and again, it's a shareholders meeting, and I own some of those stocks. So I feel, you know, it is weird. It is somewhat bizarre. These are dark times. It's okay for all of us to find a little joy to grab on and put in our pocket tonight.
3: Yeah, and my final thing on that will, will be, like, I would rather have the honesty of, like, look at this person in a suit who is not a professional speaker, <laughs> who okay. is who is explicitly saying... Don't worry, we're going to make you lots of money because the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I would rather see the honesty than to try to hide it away of just like magic elves are making
2: soulful beauty for you. Like, I would rather see the honesty of it. I, I agree with you, uh, not to spend the entire hour talking business, but just because uh, I, yeah, I was thinking for a second, I was like, I mean, Feige's great. I think he knows that. Iger, I'd, I'll vote for him, whatever. Like he just he he wins you over that smile and that lack of tie. Kathleen Kennedy's great. But, you know, yeah, yeah there were yeah. Yeah, some where you're just like marketing manager Bob is here to like, oh, but I think it works versus. You know, Scarlett Johansson or Chris Evans coming out. It just, this is what it is. So, yes, uh, we're we're here for it. Yeah.
3: There's a lot of honesty in this huge, weird corporate thing uh, to me. My other uh, thing that, big picture thing that I wanted to say very quickly, because we've talked about it on Force Center a lot, is we have dreamed of the Star Wars buffet. I've always hoped that this is where. Uh, star wars is heading is that they were making lots of different kinds of star wars so Mm -hmm. not one bit of star wars storytelling kind of had to hold the whole weight of the legacy and that we can hopefully get to that point where there's you know not everybody's going to watch all star wars you don't even have to watch all star wars to you know get into it and this really felt like wow with the number the different eras the new characters the old characters, the actual diversity in creators and actors and writers, this really is getting to that buffet dream of if you're somebody who likes fighter pilots you know, in Star Wars, you have a huge delicious meal coming. And if you don't care, uh, then you got a huge other amount of Star Wars stuff. Do you like Darksiders? Do you like Jedi? Do you like the gritty rebellion? The buffet is coming into focus.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We all have some plates in our hands and a uh, no item limit. (laughs) <laughs> no item limit. In fact, uh, that's a great segue. Uh, let's go into
3: all the items from that. Uh, we're going to start with the movies. Uh, this was one of, I think, the the big announcements. Uh, Rogue Squadron, the next Star Wars feature film directed by Patty Jenkins. You know, if you haven't heard of that uh, little uh, film, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, soon uh, on December 25th on HBO Max, Wonder Woman 1984, Patty Jenkins is really riding high. I think did an amazing job uh, with Wonder Woman. Uh, There is an amazing tweet uh, that Patty Jenkins uh, put out that is kind of her, honestly, it's her pitch. It's her, you know, if you were walking in to sell a movie or television show in Hollywood, it's one oh one pitch. This is why I'm making this film. This is why it's important to me. This is why, from this human perspective, you should be excited. Uh, and this is what the Star Wars website says. Uh, the story will introduce a new generation of Starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. It is set for release Christmas of 2023. Uh, Ken, what do you think?
2: Well, first of all, I, and I'm not someone who goes to the movies often, but I am excited to know that hey, definitely we're still going to eventually one day be in theaters watching big Star Wars. Uh, I think that's important for me and important for a lot of people. And look, times are changing, but guess what? The cassette tape did not ruin the music industry. We're going <laughs> to go be okay. We're we'll going to figure out a way forward. So I was excited about this. I'm, I love Patty Jenkins. I, I I really really love what she did with Wonder Woman. I I am not super super invested in the superheroes as I've said many times, but that movie got me. I got what she was doing just in terms of story. And I just really loved it. I just really did. And it had a heart, it had a heart to it. It had a purpose. It had a spirit to it. Uh, so I've, I've, you know, whenever you're asked on, on these silly shows we do on all the other, you know, YouTube channels, uh, what kind of director would you want in Star Wars? She'd be a name that pop up. That would pop up because she she's proven now she can handle, Uh, you know, and, and when I say proven, just like, you know, all big feature film directors, when you do, this is tentpole filmmaking, you're running a company (laughs) for five six months to a year couple years you're working on it i don't mean that as an individual she had to prove herself um but she ran a big budget film she's clearly doing it again she knew how to do it she knew how to put herself into it and put her soul so i was excited but then i went through this journey and i'm glad you're starting with this one joseph i'm glad we're starting with the movies i i never was a huge fan of the rogue squadron books video games didn't go into it as much as i loved the, the story of the rebellion versus the empire and fighting more than Jedi. I just never went into it. I don't know why. And, I, and it's not a super negative thing. It's just I wasn't pulled in by it. So when this announcement happened, I was I was with Mark Riley uh, safely. We were in our studio uh, uh, building something. And uh, I uh, he and I both had the same reaction like, OK, for the next movie, we're going uh, fly boys and fly girls and fly aliens and fly people like, OK, love Patty Jenkins. Wasn't sure about this. You texted me. You go, why have you seen her Twitter page? And I said I have not. So I went there. I brought it up on the laptop, and Mark Riley and I watched it and cried. <laughs> uh, it works for me because cl- I didn't know that about her. Not, I don't f- follow her life closely, just her films. I didn't know her father was a fighter pilot who who lost his life and in um, service to the country. And I'm moved by that number one. And then, so to have that passion tie into this world, and this is where she chose or, or chose to tell the story, or finally found the right way to tell that story that's personal personal to her. That's why we love Star Wars, right? That's why you and uh, I, you you meant. Ryan Johnson says, "Last Jedi" has some personal stuff to it. George puts his life put experiences, whether it's uh, growing up, uh, you know, a Modesto or his fights against unions or whatever corporate. <laughs> I want it to be that. So if that's a pitch, she won me over right there. I had tears in my eyes. Then I came home and I tried to tell Grace about it, and I was crying.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is and yeah. Me- I, yeah, Sarah asked me, you know, what's the news, and I was just like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cue something up for you, and I just played it for her. uh, and, yeah, she, she's a huge fan of Wonder Woman, so that was a, a, a big win. And for anybody who hasn't had a chance to see it, I'm sure most of our listeners probably have, but it's just, it's a camera tracking Patty Jenkins as she is saying, hey, uh... I've always loved speed. I've always wanted to move fast. I've always wanted to tell stories about people who move fast. My father was a, a fighter pilot. He lost his life in service of his country. I've always been looking for the right story to tell about people in flight. And it, while she's doing this, she's slowly, uh, you know, putting on the uh, the helmet and the orange of the the uh, fighters of Star Wars and then walking towards an X-Wing. And, and what this did for me is this is the exact line between a uh, corporate decision about what is best—you know, what will make money come from fans—versus a human telling a soulful story. Right? If this was presented as, ah, there, there, you know, there's all these pieces and chunks of Star Wars. You know, you got bounty hunters, you got force stuff, you got uh, pilots and dog fights. What, what should we do? Should we do a pilots and dog fights? Yeah, sound good. Should we get a, a good director? Yeah, that Patty Jenkins is good. You could look at it that way. Patty Jenkins just turned all of that on its head with this and said, I am a human who has known joy and loss and in pain and admiration through this essential feeling of flying, of moving fast. And I want to tell that human story of what does it mean to be in the cockpit with absolutely everything. Everything at stake with family members looking up in the sky, wondering if you're gonna come back. She suddenly, in that one tweet, told us what the movie's gonna be and made it just come alive. And I'm now so excited for it. I'm excited to think, like, yeah, the, the dog fights in, in all the big Star Wars movies, they're always great. They're always thrilling. Now imagine that you know everything about Eloasty. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. Eloasty's soul. And he's screaming down that trench, and guns are blazing at him. I'm not saying Asti is going to be the in the movie and and you care
2: you care about every pilot.
3: I'm excited to see that story
2: yeah i'm 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 now invested and i'm I'm not even super concerned about the era they say future era of the galaxy i, I haven't that, I haven't spent time we'll clearly asked those questions, and you and I and others will continue to speculate responsibly on that. I was so won over, and you mentioned it too. It wasn't just that my dad flew. And I want to tell a story. She mentions that specific line of I used to watch him take off every day, you know, whatever Um, she said. Exactly. And I'm like, well, this is yeah, this is not only you're going to get the story of of those like her father, you're going to get the story from the perspective of those growing up with it. And like you just said, Joseph, of looking up to the sky or looking up into the stars and wondering if your ones uh, you love are coming back and, and to the you know, the cause that they might be sacrificing to. Now we got some themes that are so Star Wars, but now the description of boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride, like, okay, Uh, okay. It's heart, soul, and rock and roll, baby, and I'm here for it.
3: Yeah, so excited for this. Uh, the the last thing we'll touch on real, real briefly is it does say really clearly here, future era, uh, the uh, outline of the X-Wing in the Rogue Squadron logo does look to be of the sequel era. So we'll dig into that more in the future, yeah. but that's really exciting uh, because that also gets to this idea of Star Wars legacy of this. Yeah, Rogue Squadron's been around. It is something to be revered. And if this is set during the sequel era, or I kind of think, After the secret sequel era, because it says future era of the galaxy is is my guess. And the new new republic, or whatever it's called, needs a rogue squadron. There's that story of legacy there, too, of of new people inheriting that mantle.
2: I yeah, quick talk on that then. We are definitely gonna dive into that more, especially as details emerge as we wait for December 2023. Um I I my early want is it is to go past nine which is raises a lot of other questions and a lot of other characters not worried about that right now i'm interested in that but if it isn't uh if it's if it's if we got vanguard squadron <laughs> alphabet squadron and rogue squadron and they're all flying around the same week i'll take that too
3: yeah yeah i i'm with you i think that this is going to be you know five years maybe at least give it a little bit of distance maybe they'll uh, mention uh that poe dameron's busy running the government who knows yeah. well as yeah. you say we have three years to talk about that one so let's move on uh untitled taika waititi movie uh there wasn't a ton on this that uh, just said that uh taika's approach to star wars will be fresh unexpected and ellipsis unique uh there was some quick concept art of a like a, a weird ship or kind of smooth mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, almost looked like uh, some uh, weird uh, gaming dice <laughs> floating in space. It was a ship, uh, obviously. Uh, it,
2: looked, it looked like it just dropped off a monolith in Glendale.
3: So, <laughs> Yeah, it's it, Taika's been doing the monolith. That makes a ton of sense in real life. Um, in development, no date. This was at one point kind of teed up to be the next Star Wars movie, but clearly that's going to be Rogue Squadron. Uh, as I was watching uh, the Marvel presentation, they talked about how Taika is going to start filming Thor, Love, and Thunder in January of this coming year. So exciting. Yeah. Um, I think between Rogue Squadron in untitled Taika Waititi movie, it is clear that they're just doing movie events and seeing what happens, right?
2: Yeah, seems uh yeah, who knows the 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 long term beyond that. There's uh we'll get to the things not announced. <laughs> um but not. yeah, yeah. I why not see how that plays out? I I'm okay with that. Like I think I think you you and I and a lot of fans still like the concept that we got with Rogue One and Solo of a Star Wars story whether you know that I don't believe these are going to be called that obviously but like that still worked for a lot of us uh yeah. the concept and what you could get out of that and going to the theater to experience that story and then Rogue Squadron 2 I mean of course you're going to want to want to see that if it works or Taiko YTD 2 you know and see and see where it goes.
3: yeah and it, I guess they did say set in a future era so maybe that it is in the same time as Rogue Squadron. But, you know, mm. uh, we've got more details on other things. So I think we should move on from Taika Waititi and dive into all the Disney Plus live action shows. Uh, the television shows uh, that are going to be pretty big for the small screen. Uh, first up, we have a confirmation of a thing that I think a lot of us have speculated on, which is uh, the Favreau and Filoni verse. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the Mando verse. Uh, we got the announcement of two new shows, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Just the announcement of the Ahsoka, of an Ahsoka television show would normally have been a whole day of Star Wars news. Uh, yes. So uh, it's been confirmed that those are set in the timeline of The Mandalorian. Ahsoka is going to be written by Dave Filoni, and they didn't confirm a lot of writers. So Ahsoka written by Dave Filoni, Ranger of the New Republic produced by John and Dave, and the show in the, I'm quoting now, Will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. No casting announced for either. So, where do you go, Ken?
2: I excitement, right? Um, the buffet uh, is in full effect, and and this might be that that dish. I uh, you know, after I have my salad and my main my meal, this is a taco on the side that I am going to really uh, enjoy and 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 be curious to see how something that connects works and works in Star Wars and how excited that'll make me. I I I love the idea of Dave getting to tell his Ahsoka story. I I really do. I know how much that character means to him and and, and the love and protection he feels for that character. And I think uh chapter five of Mando this year, if I had any doubts, that one kind of won me over because that's some of my favorite moments uh not just in Mando, but in in Star Wars recently. So I'm on I'm on board. I'm excited. Rangers New Republic, cool. Sign me up. We'll see. But uh, I, I am intrigued by Ahsoka.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled by Ahsoka because I think out of all my many Star Wars loves, I think my number one for myself just totally personally will always be a Jedi in force. Uh, mm-hmm. So getting to really concentrate on Ahsoka is great. I was really happy that they kind of announced this the way it was. of uh, You know, The Mandalorian, the thing you're all watching right now, there's going to be two spinoffs. So you see these story threads with Ahsoka and with uh, Carson Teva. They're going somewhere. And in just saying those, to me, I could be wrong. But to me, uh, there was a lot of uh, tea leaves to be read. And uh, some of the reading that that uh, made sense to me is uh, that the Mandalorian is still going to be the Mandalorian. That there's been this fear of, okay, inside the Mandalorian, the actual Mandalorian show, is that is somehow he going to help go search for... Ezra with, uh, Sabine and Ahsoka is, is he gonna, you know, fight, uh, is he gonna join the new Republic and give up being a Mandalorian? And is he going to be involved with all this? And there's still that kind of question of where does this big story of the fate of Mandalore live? Is that inside the Mandalorian? Um, mm-hmm. but in general, it kind of gave me some, some good focus that the Mandalorian is going to stay about the Mandalorian and maybe he would pop in because he has relationships with these characters, but now we're going to go over here with Ahsoka And I think, given Filoni's comments uh, recently about, yeah, the events when we see her in The Mandalorian, that might be before we saw her at the end of Rebels. Mm. That makes me feel like, if Ahsoka's got her own show,
0: live action,
3: that is going to be Ahsoka searches for Ezra, probably live action Sabine, probably up against Thrawn. That's the story to be told. That's the story that was teed up. So... It's kind of nice to know, like, yeah, it'll be in the same timeline. Mando could show up, but that's the story we're telling. And this story about kind of the New Republic and its relationship with what the Outer Rim should be. Uh, and and maybe did the New Republic have a moment where they could have found and stopped the First Order? That story is going to be over there. And so our Mando story can be our Mando story.
2: Mando and Grogu are the main characters. Uh, it's a great reading of the tea leaves. I, I think it absolutely kind of uh, can give you comfort, if that's what you're worried about, the Mandalorian exploding into something way beyond uh, the the boundaries we all kind of love so far of it. And and I as far as timeline, you wanted to have that discussion? Yeah, absolutely. Season one is Ahsoka on a private investigator, uh, you know, search and, and then redo that Rebels uh, uh, coda with uh, do it live action. Wow. I would be okay with that. And then season two, you go into that or I don't know. uh Dave, he's the one typing on the uh, final draft there. Yeah, it's I like that because this is an era rich with storytelling that we don't have a ton of yet. And we have this, you know, five years after and we got a lot of novels and all those kind of things so you can fill in blanks. But there's a big, large galaxy. And and, and to, to know that we're going to have a little bit of a verse to play around with that, that that, that uh, comforts me as a fan who as much as I love the themes and lessons and that's my primary way of engaging with star Wars. Now there's still that muscle on me that just wants to crawl around in in the areas and timelines and people, uh, characters I know. And and this will scratch that itch, but I will say this Rangers of the new Republic make Carson Teva the lead. You cowards. (laughs) Absolutely. Say midi-chlorians on
3: Mandalorian. In fact, name that an episode. I want like, Chapter 17, The Midi and Carson Teva leading the Rangers of the New Republic. Um, I'm all for those things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, just for future Star Wars st- storytelling as well, it's really cool to see that, like, oh, one thing could explode, and then that could become its own little mini verse. And if you like that mini verse, great. You-, you got a big old meal at the buffet. And then if you're like, that's too much for me, I just want to watch the Patty Jenkins movie, then you don't need to work.
1: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Very bad. Right, right. Excellent. Moving on to a um, a period of time that that we do know, kind of, but we're gonna get to know even more. Uh, we got some new details on Andor. Uh, We got a little sizzle reel. It is being described as a tense, nail-biting spy thriller created by Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy has really moved up to being, in this presentation, full person in charge of this. Uh, Again, we got that great uh, sizzle reel. Uh, There was a full cast, uh, because we're doing a short episode. I didn't write down the whole cast, uh, but it was great to hear. They had announced this before, but it was great to just hear Kathleen Kennedy say to a bunch of investors who may or may not have known what these (laughs) words meant. Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. <laughs> yeah, it was fun for me to just imagine the Star Wars fans like us being like, "Yes, Mon Mothma, confirm it, say it," and other people going, "How much? How much money is a Mon Mothma worth? <laughs> Do I have to buy a stock option on a Mon Mothma? <laughs> is that a? Is that a, like a travel device, a Mon Mothma? Uh, is that like a Vespa? What is that?" Um, So uh, another bit of news from that is that it's already in production in London where they have built another larger volume. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is coming to Disney Plus uh, in 2022, 12 episodes. And lots of fun, weird little details in that sizzle reel. But I think the biggest thing is just we're seeing some of our Star Wars regulars behind the scenes like we know, like Neil Scanlon in the Creature Shop. They have a thing about uh, somebody saying, we have 200 named characters in this series. Which just made me go, all right. I officially give up. I am not going to try to memorize every Star Wars character's name. No. Uh, but a lot of, uh, not a ton of news, 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 but a lot of flavor. Where where did you go with this?
2: I've been so excited for this show. I I can't tell you how much this just made me even more excited. I love the name Andor. I just it just works for me. the The graphic, uh, the 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 preview, the package there that they showed. Uh, with a lot of practical stuff whether or not they shoot on the volume or not doesn't matter to me like just but it looks like star wars sets you know what i mean and 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 to hear neil scanlon say we're the same energy as movies is going into this don't you worry not that they're not doing that with mandalorian or anything like that it just made me excited um uh, diego luna said this line this is about the building of a revolution hmm. and that just i'm like what a tagline what a what a logline and tagline uh, for this show, and for an era that I do love, Rebellion versus the Empire, and there's a lot of ways. I'm not super at this point, a couple years out from the show now, right? Uh, 2022. Wow, gosh, um, I, I don't want to get myself too far down the path of and and Saw will be there, and enfis will be there, and I just don't, I don't feel Tony Gilroy cares enough unless someone tells him, <laughs> hey, this character might work. okay. Yeah.
3: And, and I, started, I think Gilroy's coming in after there's been a decent amount of development on it yes. by other people. So, you know, some of those things might already be embedded.
2: Yeah. And I don't mean that it's super negative either, too. Like, like uh, he does. Uh, he, he's just on the record of saying he doesn't care about Star Wars. He has to tell good stories. And I think he's the right one to come in and tell the story based off of the stuff that was in Rogue One. And, and Gareth had a lot of great stuff in there, too. Uh, So anyways, I know, Joseph, I I could just repeat myself over and over. over. I just love Cassian Andor. I love Diego Luna in Star Wars. I love what this could be. So I'm excited to find out what it is.
3: Yeah, I I felt just really thrilled because uh, it it can, the way they pitched it confirmed uh, what I've wanted it to be since they announced it and just really calling it a tense, nail-biting spy thriller that was great but then that they started that sizzle reel with uh one of i think cassian's most uh heavy important lines in rogue one of when he's telling Jin why he's willing to help her and go to scarif even though the alliance said no and he said everything i've done i've done for the rebellion and it's getting to that great story of he is doing something for a good cause he has been in this fight since he was six years old. He's had to do a lot of stuff that he's not happy that he had to do, which means life and death situations, split second decisions of do I do something violent because it will ultimately save more people? All that stuff, uh, that mixture of you know maybe some sort of James Bond in Star Wars fun thrill, and then that grittier, realer espionage of uh, this is uh, I am if the the person around the corner sees me here. I'm dead, and everyone with me is dead mm. now. That kind of great tension. Again, uh, one of the people who who had been developing at Stephen Schiff was involved in the show The Americans. Uh, the Americans is great, and to see basically Star Wars: The Americans, I'm so excited for.
2: Yeah, and 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 in, in a story you know, where we know what happens to the main character down, down the line in his life. We know what happens with the battle that's going on, the the revolution that's being started. We know, but to, to know that we're, I I trust we're going to be so invested in the characters and the new characters that we haven't met yet, that we're going to, you know, who goes, who dies, who survives to the battle of Scarif, who survives to the battle of Yavin. Uh, That's the kind of stuff I'm, 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 Week to week, going to be excited to uh, just be invested in, and and and, and uh, it's it's the spy thriller, Star Wars story, it's something I've, I've loved about uh, the the parts of it that were in Rogue One, and, and I've wanted uh, uh, on its own, and here we go.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, a couple more things for me, Andor, and then we will move on. Of uh, I think. It's, this is just a great chance, I think, to spend more time with the rebellion on screen in a way that we really haven't with the uh, rebellion. Of We know mm-hmm. the rebellion so well from, you know, Luke and Han join it. We know Leia's been involved with it for a long time, but it's from this kind of different position of she's been in the Senate and she's been, you know, kind of, she's kind of being this spy. It, what we know about Cassian so far is somebody who's had not the luxury of choosing Should I be in a rebellion or not? That he has to be in a rebellion. And that is an interesting fresh life perspective that, you know, whatever his life situation was, the Empire has made it impossible for him to just, you know, go on about his day and go, yeah, that's some horrible stuff happening over there, but it's not directly happening to me yet. So uh, I'll I'll try to avoid it. You know, I think that's going to be a really interesting perspective of somebody who has been in this since they were six years old and didn't have a choice. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. In the scale of it, just does look look pretty good. Maybe that sizzle reel was doing some magic, but it mm-hmm. made it me feel like we were conservative with our budget for Mandalorian because we were launching this, and here's a bunch of money, Cassian Andor.
2: <laughs> I had the same thought watching that sizzle. Like just like the cost, the the <laughs> the above the line, below the line, aside, outside the lines, in the line. A lot of money, just in what's going on there, and the concept art they showed in that sizzle. Uh, had a lot of uh, just energy and momentum to it, and and I liked it.
3: Yeah, yeah. All right, Ken. Uh, Here's the one where I will try (laughs) to contain myself. I don't know if I can. Such huge Star Wars news. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Kenobi show is officially titled Obi-Wan Kenobi, and from the Star Wars website, this is what they say. This will truly be a day long remembered, as it was confirmed that Hayden Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader. This will be the rematch of the century, Kennedy said. <laughs> oh, geez. Just be still, in my Star Wars heart, right? Uh, we've had the Kenobi uh, confirmation with Ewan McGregor with his wonderful uh, appearance of uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Ask me if I'm going to play Obi Wan Kenobi again. Are you going to play Obi Wan Kenobi again? Yes just the relief Uh, there's been lots of discussion about what the story will be lots of discussion about where if anywhere will hayden christensen finally pop up on screen again uh, you know voice and rise of skywalker but will there be some full possibility for hayden christensen real life redemption story of Mm -hmm. you know really getting to uh, do something in this new era of star wars in a new way so all that coming together and and then what i'd love for you and i to talk about is we have been talking for years mm. hoping that this is the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show, that it would be great. I would happily spend time with just Obi-Wan Kenobi in a, in a knockoff of Cheers, hanging out at the bar, running into right. a bounty hunter. I think there's a bunch of interesting philosophical things uh, to, to learn. Fighting bandits, protecting Luke. Great. I, that could be a good show, but this is what I wanted. This, to me, is key... Vital, missing piece in the entire Skywalker saga. This is going to, I think, redefine in a in a good way to me the way people watch the Skywalker saga.
2: Yes. Um. Wow. Yeah. Where to begin? I don't know. I'm trying to. Yeah. I know we wanted some speed and momentum to this episode, but we can take all the time we want here because. Look, let's just start here. I uh, we have reason to believe that this this was kind of going to be what the movie was going to be about. Uh, one final confrontation, building off the line of uh, from Return of the Jedi. You know, Obi Wan what's thought as you did, which if you you and I have talked about, it, if if you connect the dots, it, it, Jedi doesn't even really connect with uh, New Hope and doesn't connect with the Revenge of the Sith. Like it's all there, but there's a lot of wiggle room uh, that that and, and that I think people don't allow for yeah this to so to finally get this so from that point we had no there's no there was no guarantee that at any point that the show uh, was going to be this, so you and I I feel like we've been on a talk show circuit promoting our short film uh, or, or <laughs> come on CBS I think almost anytime you and I have gone on other shows outside of Force Center, we talk about it a lot on force Center, but on other shows when this comes up, I think you you and I and there's a lot of other out there out there in the Star Wars pundit world. We're just like no, no, no. It should be Vader. Can I give you my pitch? Why? <laughs> and 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 so now I just feel so excited that it's that it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm
3: so thrilled. There's there's the Vader line right of Obi Wan once thought as you did in that you know that I I, I predict when they put out a sizzle reel that's going to be the opening line mm-hmm. uh, of setting up what this is. Uh, but for me, it is really about. The journey of Obi Wan Kenobi for years, fans have debated, debated uh, too excited about uh, Vader. And I said, debated. debated. (laughs) People have debated for years, Uh, but for years, fans have debated. You know, is Obi Wan an a hole? Did he just straight up lie to Luke and then kind of try to cover it up by calling it a, a point of view? This is that point of view, right? This is Obi Wan Kenobi saying. I I'm trying to cope with the fact that i let Anakin down. I'm trying to cope with the fact that he made this horrible choice. I'm trying to cope with the fact that he is Vader. He is this monster just terrorizing the galaxy. And I know I should stay here and I know I should focus on the now and look after this kid, but I I can't just sit here and doubt. I need to see if I can make a difference. And he goes and he tries to turn vader back to anakin and he can't and he becomes convinced that what he is telling luke is not just true from a certain point of view but is his obi-wan kenobi's truth i tried so hard i tried to find anakin he's gone he doesn't exist anymore he's vader and man i i can still i still get just so excited of Think of how powerful it's going to be if there's a moment where Obi-Wan gets close, where Anakin yeah. almost turns, and he doesn't, and why? And now think of what that's going to mean, not just for the, the story of Obi-Wan and uh, and Vader and Anakin and Luke and, and Ahsoka, but what it, what it will mean in just great Star Wars poetry for the story of Luke and Kylo Ren. I'm really fascinated with this idea that When people uh, fall to the dark side and there's any hope of turning them back, they're not going to respond to the person that they blame. And that's where Luke was, why Luke couldn't reach Kylo. But maybe Han could, maybe Leia could, maybe Ray could. And Luke having some understanding of, I'm the one who let him down. I can't get through to him. Just like I could get through to my father, but Obi-Wan couldn't because Obi-Wan's the one who failed him. And Obi-Wan tried and he failed. That's mm. just it, it. It just it echoes out in such great, interesting ways.
2: Yeah the the potential, the potential of of this not just this confrontation, but what it, what it means. Uh, I think one of the the one of the things you and I come back to a lot when we're whether here or on the other shows, or actually in off air conversations. This <laughs> is the show I seem to have the most con- text conversations with friends who are dubious about modern Star Wars. Like really, a Kenobi show just so creatively bankrupt. I hear that all the time. And I I, I I start pounding the, the the desk and go no please listen to me, uh, I think you and I kind of described this as a turning of the page right? How how do we get from the shores of Mustafar? You were the chosen one that thing to to twin sons and rebels, but also more importantly, new hope. Uh, where Obi Wan believes this is this is the chosen one, Luke, from his point of view, or that the the hope truly is Luke, and then yeah. even disagrees with yoda on on leia or luke and all, how does he get there that that is such the, the chance you got to deal with trauma mistakes failures things you believe in things you believe about yourself changing growth was set 10 years after sith and it's so that's a midpoint to me in the life of obi-wan and, and that's the pitch for me
3: yeah yeah and i think for me on a thematic level too it is so much about attachment about the idea of attachment the the prequel trilogy is about the dangers of attachment and how that can turn into uh, a selfish kind of love and a destructive possessive kind of love and then you have obi-wan here is this kind of hinge where like you know he he did love anakin he does love anakin you know can he can he reach his his brother uh, it, when his brother needed him to be his father. Is he going to deal with some of that? And then you get to that point where in Return of the Jedi Obi-Wan is like, it's awful, but your dad's not there. This is a monster walking around in its flesh and sadly you, you there's the only hope for the galaxy is for you to kill him. And we're going to get to see why, why Obi-Wan believes that yeah. when he's talking to Luke and sets up this triumph of Luke, this triumph of the Jedi, this triumph of the positive side of attachment—that it isn't always a danger. Sometimes compassion is the and mercy are the only things that are going to save someone. And I think this is going to have to deal with Obi Wan being in in that hinge point of mm-hmm. the the tale of attachment in the Skywalker saga.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I, by the way, I love that we're technically really. Never ever going to be done with the Skywalker saga. It's Star Wars, it's <laughs> Star Wars, my friends. Uh, uh, so I can always hear Nicholson saying that it it's Star Wars town, it's Skywalker town. Um, uh, yeah, the hinge point that's that's I, I love that, and and that, um, even even the complications, you know, the idea that, um, uh, that, you know, Edgerton showing up as Owen Lars, and, oh. and we got a lot of that debate, but but. Uh, is Baru? you know, this, now, now we're just wildly speculating, Joseph. Is, is Baru like, don't leave. I need you around. And uh, Owen's like, get the hell out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want, the, I don't want the, the, this, this kid to have anything to do with you. And for Obi-Wan to to contemplate even leaving Tatooine, which is leaving maybe his vow or mission and, and, and that choice. Uh, and does that cause a problem? Is there a cost to that with Luke? Those are the kind of even just plot points uh, I'd be excited to explore.
3: Yeah, or is he? He does he think confronting Vader will even cover his tracks more? Because if he's out wandering the galaxy, mm-hmm. then Vader won't suspect that he's, you know, actually guarding Luke. That yes, there's so much there. Uh, the, but we still got more to talk about. So I'm going to only ask you one more thing about Kenobi, and then I will shut up about Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> briefly. Uh, Hayden Christensen as Vader, like, uh, you know, I, I said, uh, and this is, uh, you know, an opinion thing, you know, Hayden Christensen does take a lot of knocks, uh, for some of his performance in the prequels from a lot of people. Uh, I, there's a lot about his performance I like, but I'm really excited to see him as the actor, get the chance to do this, get the chance to work with Ewan McGregor again, but it's really interesting to see what, what will he do? Will it just be like, cool, you're in the suit, but does this mean that the helmet's coming off? Does this mean that we're going to get flashbacks to the Clone Wars era? What do you
2: think? I, I, first of all, yeah, I, I, you know, in terms of Hayden and and some of his performances, yeah, look, you know, it is what it is, but also over time, we see a lot of the choices that were made by both him and George that, that did sync up with Luke and a lot of the the Skywalker uh, male blood that even flows (laughs) into Kylo. Uh, Traitor! We've seen that stuff. Liar! Traitor! Yeah. So, there's all that, but I am, I don't know. I Up until today, my thought, uh, you know, Vader should be and I thought would be in the Obi-Wan movie and Vader should be and now will be in the series. Is it is Vader, not to say he's just a MacGuffin, but is he just this thing out there? But if you get Hayden and and Deborah Chow can tap into, and, and those that, that are writing the series can tap into what is there in 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 modern Star Wars canon, and, and definitely was in older stuff too, but is really just there. And I don't need necessary connections to things we've read in the comics or everything uh, so far. But just what is there, Vader is at war with himself, still at war, still very angry. Think of the energy in that Ahsoka scene in Rebels, season two, the the crack in his mask. What mm-hmm. happened to that? And not that it necessarily needs to be the Kenobi and Vader show, it's Kenobi. I want it to lean to Kenobi. But I don't I think you have room to you, you talked about it, Joseph, of, of what if what if he almost turns? Because I I am of the opinion that that Ahsoka moment when she cracks the helmet, it is Anakin's eye looking at him. It is it is Matt Lanter's voice, um, uh, uh, you know, unprocessed in that moment. For a split second, maybe, maybe, maybe he, he he might have been like, oh, this is the moment, but he, he, he'll he never give into it. Right. He doesn't win. Anakin doesn't win until Return of the Jedi in the throne room. But 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 it's there. It's there. Uh, his desire, his dreams. We just read that that story. And from a certain point of view uh, in the Empire Strikes Back one of, of Palpatine, the virgins and the forces, Vader's desires in a way. Right. Yeah. That stuff is there. That's the thematic. You want to talk about connecting to lore. I don't need names I know and planets I know. I need themes and and uh, the, the soul of characters. That's the lore I want to connect to. And I think you could with Hayden as Vader. Oh,
3: that you're right. That's so great. In that uh, yeah, that story from Palpatine's perspective, that uh, that Palpatine uh, taps into Vader's fantasies because they're so strong. And one of the things that Vader's uh, fantasizing about is he's still the dark side. He still has his red blade, uh, but he's reunited with his son and his uh, wife Padme, and he's got his body back. So if if we saw Hayden Christensen, if he's in the armor and and all the different stuff, uh, but we also see Vader fantasizing about having his body back and we're seeing Hayden Christensen play that man, that could be some great stuff.
2: And look, man, you know, you give me the surprise, uh, episode three, uh, Vader, uh, dream scenario. And Natalie Portman's there as Padme That <laughs> I, and, and, and we have some Wanda vision, like, uh, you know, what could have been in Anakin's mind? Uh, I, yeah. my, my, my mind will just explode.
3: Yeah. My absolute final thing on this, I know because I know this is a detail that people will think about a lot is, you know, Vader's exact line in A New Hope uh, of, you know, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master, only a master of evil. Uh, I I have faith that 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 can line up. And I think we'll save that to discuss in the uh, time before uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show comes out. But I, I know that that is a sticking point for some fans.
2: Yeah yeah well hey george george wrote some of the stuff before he, he knew disney plus was around so <laughs> he couldn't Give actually, it right. uh, the future
3: quite quite uh all right we still got a lot to talk about in not much time this is exciting it's like being in a cockpit of a podcast. Uh, next up, we got some details of what Leslie Headland's show is going to be. It is going to be called The Acolyte. Here is uh, some verbiage from the Star Wars website. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era so wow uh very very interesting that it's in the final days of the high republic era which seems like the high republic's gonna be like no okay we're (laughs) not as high anymore uh what are your thoughts on this one what do you what do you like about it are you excited for this one
2: You know, if if this is the Star Wars salad bar, if it's the Sizzler Star Wars salad bar, this is me going along. um, Oh, I want my salad. I want my mac and cheese. I want my chicken tenders because it's a Sizzler salad bar. And literally everything is here. And then I turn the corner and go, what's this? Oh, that's a that's a spicy minestrone soup. I didn't want that, but I'm going to have it. Um, Meaning this series and I don't talk about. Leslie Headland, you and I have talked about our excitement for wh- whatever she was developing. We just didn't know. We, we that interview that ran uh, a couple weeks ago, we we liked that, but to get the the actual details, I was like, uh, wow, I, this is something I did not think I wanted in Star Wars, and it's going to be so different, so new in a new era. So I am not tied to any expectations I have. I and that's you know, I know the novels are coming out. I you, you won me over with this. You won me over. I am now dumping minestrone minestrone soup into my salad. Yeah. Well, I I
3: like your incredibly detailed uh, buffet analogy. Uh and for me, I, I was just I've like eaten. go ahead, what?
2: I said I've eaten at a few of them.
3: <laughs> yeah, to continue your analogy, I was excited to stand at the buffet with a a covered dish that said Leslie Headlin, <laughs> New Era, you know, uh female protagonist and just go, I don't I don't care what's in there. I'm, I'm excited to try it. And now that I know it's minestrone, can so excited uh no i'm really really happy with it um i think i don't know if there's something that she said or if it was just me kind of thinking about what i might want to see i really wanted some sort of exploration of the dark side and i'm i'm happy if it's uh if it's just somebody who is encountering you know somebody who's in the rule of two or if there's uh just some other dark side presence but what i'm really hoping for is this is a night sister that's what i'm really hoping is that this is you know not necessarily we're all in death here. This is the night sisters, but is this a night sister who went off and and almost became a you know a Sith who continued the rule of two, but you know got burnt. And I, I don't want to you know uh, just repeat Asajj Ventress's story by any means. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be different because this is a a mystery thriller. It's a different time, but I'd be really excited for that. Uh, but I'm excited of a, a mystery thriller in about emerging dark side. And then the other thing that I'll say I'm super excited about for this is, you know, I saw um, a, a friend of mine on on social media who is, I think, a person who's like, yeah, I like Star Wars. I see the movies. I, I got uh, some BB-8 merch. Great. Yes. But felt saw this and was like, uh, how am I? I can't watch all that. How am I going to keep up? And I think The Acolyte is one of those shows where it's just going to be like, you don't need to read anything, even though it's set at the High Republic era. You don't need to have tons of opinions about Obi-Wan Kenobi's, uh, you know, inner monologue. You can just sit down and watch this totally fresh, the way people were able to watch The Mandalorian season one, pretty much with nothing else attached to it.
2: Yeah, I I think this is going to be a sleeper show. I really I really do. I I think this is going to hit and. People are going to be like, I didn't know I like minestrone soup. I'm I'm just hungry tonight, Joseph. Um, <laughs> I really I think I think it is because it is it's going to an emerging dark side stuff and, and 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 we we know very little of the High Republic era and I don't believe this is going to be super super connected to, to that right. It's at the the final final days of it, um, which I think just means we're like, hey, we wanted to set an old time. We established this era already in publishing. <laughs> And and this is there at the end of it. Don't you worry about it. Um, but I think this going to be really, you know, the dark side doing its magic, and 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 uh, a darker, you know, not darker, gritty Star Wars, but it'll be some different uh, tones.
3: Yeah, but I mean, using those nouns, uh, you know, mystery thriller, you know, this could be a, you know, a dark whodunit. This could be a little bit of a, you know, a haunted house, uh, you know, uh, vibro axe murdering. <laughs> could happen this could have some like really different things so i think you and i are both excited for dark side minestrone (laughs) (laughs) so uh we'll move on to lando we got confirmation of the existence of a lando show in i think the distant future here's what the website has to say Everyone's favorite scoundrel Lando Calrissian will return in a brand new event series for Disney Plus. Justin Simeon, creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People and a huge Star Wars fan, is developing the story. Uh, there was no confirmation of Donald Glover, uh, and this one uh, might still be a long way off because it's saying it's being developed right now.
2: Uh, what were your reactions to this, Ken? Uh, the first thing, was, I mean, other than cool, great uh, names involved and everything, that logo is one of my favorite Star Wars logos.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is it very cool. Like it. Yeah, it looks like it has a cape on it. It's just amazing. It's it's uh, smooth. I loved it. Really loved it. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for this. I'm with you, too, here. I, I, I'm uh, tempering excitement for it to be something I'm watching next summer. You know what I mean? This might be a ways off, just kind of a way to... You know, hey, some stuff was already out there. We're going to just kind of confirm it and kind of control the the news narrative as best we can. Uh, is it Donald Glover? Is it Billy Dee? Is it both? You know, we don't know. Is it a new actor in another uh, time frame? Uh, you know, all that stuff could be, uh, uh, all that stuff could be, could be true. Um, I'm just excited. Is it a backdoor solo two thing? I don't even, I don't even think that, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, all that's on the table for me. Yeah,
3: I'm leaning towards not a backdoor uh, solo too. Given that, I think I think one of the the points of announcing it is is showing that hey, the we are really uh, throwing the doors open at Lucasfilm and we're bringing in lots of different creators uh, who have lots of different you know great track records uh, of creating hit stuff and letting them put a little bit of their spin on Star Wars. Um, it, so I think it might be a little bit more like. The, the Justin Simeon's take on on Lando, yeah. I, so I'm thrilled. I want to spend quality time with Lando. I love Lando, and I'm really curious to see uh, as we hear about this develop and develop. You know, when is this? Is this pre Solo? Is this you know in all those years after Solo? Is this just uh, you know Lando being a just a great scoundrel? Is this the story of Lando uh, getting his hands on Cloud City? You know, I'm I'm really uh, intrigued to see what the adventure will be.
2: I yeah, you know, all you know, all parts of the galaxy, Billy D narrating the beginning. I I I don't care, but I, I I just love Lando. I really love Lando. I just just Kira rewatching solo like I did last week, uh in parts while I slowly worked out the course of seven days. <laughs> Kira's not just knowledge, but Kira's like description of him as they walk into um, into the lodge on Vandor. It just it's it's you talk about the tip of the iceberg storytelling. Like you could just base the series off of every different kind of feeling she has for Lando. I wouldn't <laughs> mind a, a, a prequel of to that, so to speak.
3: Yeah, and his prodigious. That's what it will be called. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, know yeah, I, I, I. I would love uh is is you're kind of referencing this a calrissian chronicles idea where it's a billy d narrating the adventures Mm -hmm. of uh of donald glover that'd be a hell of a thing very excited to hear more about that we're moving on to animated disney plus uh the bad batch was announced a while back but we got a sizzle reel uh we got to see some tarkin in it uh uh and somebody who definitely did to me look like a younger fennec shand uh, but we'll see Mm -hmm. Uh, from the Star Wars website, it says, in the post-Clone War era, uh, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. Uh, this was great to actually see some of the animation. Looks very Clone Wars style. And it looked to me like the story was a little bit like, oh, I guess the uh, I guess the Republic uh, became the Empire, so uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Hey, wait, maybe this sucks. <laughs> yep. yep. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, I... I, I I'll say this is like one of the things that I'm I'm not as excited as the other things, but I I I you know don't take that don't take that too far down the negative path, my right. friend. Um like cool, we just came out of it. I did enjoy those episodes. Uh so I'm like, cool. It's a it's a you know, I'm ready to buy the action figures too. But and you and I discussing it more and then now scenes the sizzle. Number one, I think it just looks really good and and season seven seven of clone wars was just just amazing Looked just just sharp and 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 realistic and loved it um but seeing Tarkin, uh, i believe that's fennec shan but not just the connections but just Tarkin alone what that represents communicating to them and, and the switch and hearing palpatine give the the safe and secure society speech and knowing yeah. where are going with it and that final part of the sentence find new purpose um Uh, that that's the theme that's the the core of this and i think knowing you know i know filoni's not behind this every second but this is probably coming out of his points of view on star wars and how to tell star wars stories i i you know he is as much as sometimes I'll, I'll, i'll i'll tease the cowboy hat um i think he 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 gets the the the, the, the spices and the frosting or the X-Wings and the, X, and the TIE Fighters and all those things we love. It's the themes that are Star Wars. That's where I'm focusing on right now. And, and that trailer got me exi- more excited than I expected, uh, if you can build from that and, and, and telling the story of the Empire's birth from that kind of ground level from people who we all because we always joke oh, the next day they all got new uniforms and there we go. <laughs> All right. I guess my I kept, a new company came in. I kept my job. Um, what does that mean to these uh, clones and what story we can tell through their eyes? All right. I'm here.
3: Very well said. And I totally agree. I think, uh, I think by themselves, like I find the Bad Batch really funny and intriguing and and interesting and they are this real different flavor for Star Wars. Like, you know, we've talked about it, like they're almost like superheroes, G.I. Joe characters in Star Wars in a a fun way. So I think if this was like, it's the Bad Batch, they're having adventures during the Clone Wars, I'd be like, cool, I like it, but it it is not the first thing I want to put on my buffet plate. But knowing that we are seeing the birth of the Empire, as you say, and I think, the thing that's really interesting to me about the Bad Batch and the way they were introduced in those uh, Season 7 episodes of Clone Wars is they have been celebrated for their individuality. The things that make them different make them strong, give them strength and yet they are this unit who is cohesive so there's these great Star Wars themes of uh, the individual absolutely matters. Individuality absolutely matters but we do have to like care about our, our family and we have to care about the whole and dump all of that into a moment where Palpatine is going, Mm -hmm. no, everything is a straight line. You are all faceless servants of me. No single hair out of place Mm -hmm. and rigidity in the face of these, these clones that are all about individuality. That's interesting to me.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great spot to build from.
3: Yeah. So in, and it's just great to know that even though we're seeing this mountain of information, It's going to be a very long time before a lot of these things come out. So just knowing that Bad Batch is kind of probably one of the closest things, it's exciting to be like, well, that's the Star Wars I'll be watching soon. Yeah. 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 Uh, Next up on the animated uh, slate is something called Star Wars Visions. This is what the Star Wars website has to say about it. Presenting all new creative takes on the galaxy far, far away, Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators. The anthology collection will bring ten fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. I'm super excited about this one. Where are you at, Ken?
2: I'm excited. Andres Cabrera and Emma Fife got to be through the roof here. Now on <laughs> I think they are. No, I'm excited about this. I'll tell you why I'm excited. And this is uh, this is um, when you have something like Disney Plus firing on all cylinders right now in this new era of of, of getting stories out to all of us consumers, right? Uh, this, this now means we can have the Ahsokas, the Kenobis, the Landos, the movies, and then we can take time to really reflect on what Star Wars means to everybody. Kathleen Kennedy said at the beginning of this presentation, there's a Star Wars story for everyone. I wrote that down because I think that's something you and I are always excited by and, and always believe beyond just our jokes about buffets. That's just different kinds of shows and movies you want to watch. We all have different perspectives and experiences and to focus on, um, you know, that said the cultural perspective to Star Wars. I think it's great to to have now we have the time to do that. You know what I mean? Like this is a part of now what we can do with Disney Plus, not just tell you new Star Wars stories. but We can also look at Star Wars and then we can tell stories within that and make short films within that and kind of explain the joys and the meanings and the purposes and the questions people have about Star Wars. I, I don't know specifically what I'm going to watch with this series, but that's the idea I have going into it.
3: Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I think, again, well said. Um, I don't know, content-wise, there's some ambiguity to me of, is this, we're going to see a, an anime studio's take on, you know, a, a famous scene? Is we're going to see an anime studio's uh, take on uh, Luke versus Kylo on crate, Or is this going to be like, just, what does Star Wars mean to you? And here's an, a short anime a uh, mm-hmm. film about bounty hunters or you know an adventure that that Kylo Ren had that we didn't see before or I don't know why I'm obsessed with Kylo Ren um I mean I know why but I can't explain right now cuz I got to keep it short so I don't know the actual things we're going to see if it's sort of like reinterpretations if it's what ifs if it's just brand new stories but in a way that's not the most exciting thing to me it is exciting to me to ask Japanese anime studios Exactly what you said. What themes, what ideas, what emotions does Star Wars bring out at you, bring out in you? And I think it's just really cool right now when when a lot of us are watching Mandalorian and we're celebrating the samurai influences in Star Wars and the samurai influences, uh, you know, the the way that they attach to Westerns and the the way those aesthetics talk to one another to take Star Wars that that did explicitly from Lucas's, you know, uh, own quotes it was influenced by Kurosawa, was influenced by a lot of samurai stuff and say, well, what do, you know, modern Japanese anime studios, what do you see in this legacy that interests you
2: is really cool to me? Uh, 100%. It, it, it's a hundred percent. It's a full circle type of thing to me. And no matter what's presented, whether it's brand new stories or taking a like you said, uh, taking that Kylo scene, eating a uh, Minestrone soup, our two obsessions tonight, put them together, <laughs> but just to to retell it in another way, uh, that, that, that might be something that we're going to see here, and it's going to be interesting.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, Titmouse is not a Japanese anime studio, but you know, uh, it's uh, Titmouse Studios made those great galaxy of adventures, just reinterpreting scenes we right. know, and it's just kind of reimagined in a cool uh, animated style, and that by itself is really cool, so I think Star Wars Visions is going to be, uh, I think, some really great aesthetic stuff uh, and storytelling stuff. So, very excited. Uh, one last thing, uh, a droid story. Uh, this is what the Star Wars website says. Lucasfilm Animation will be teaming up with Lucasfilm's visual effects team, Industrial Light and Magic, to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney+, Plus. a droid story. This epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by a legendary duo, R2-D2 and C-3PO. My main takeaway was, like, great, sounds good, Anthony Daniels remains triumphant.
2: (laughs) He does a little dance and adds another chapter to his one-man show.
3: (laughs) That is exactly right. I'm not clear on what this one is, but just like, hey, uh, yet another dish. Uh, You know, if you like droids, I don't know uh, what food that translates to. Is that green beans? I don't know. Maybe green bean casserole. It's green bean
2: casserole. You get some droid green bean casserole. Yeah, or it's that like bread pudding. You're you you're probably going to take a bite of but you're not going to sh- you're you're going to have the ice cream first
3: <laughs> you're going to have the ice cream first uh well we are just about out of here there is one other thing that I wanted to mention because it was something that was not mentioned I, I already see people discussing a lot uh there was no mention of the Ryan Johnson trilogy uh the announcement of the trilogy uh from back in the day is still up on the Star Wars website which uh makes uh, some uh, fans and pundits feel like That is still going to happen, but I just wanted to get a quick take from you, Ken. How do you feel and what tea leaves do you read about no Ryan Johnson projects being announced?
2: Yeah, I've just kind of been mentally bracing for the fact that, you know, something this is something I was looking forward to uh, seeing what this could be. Um, I I, I have, you know, a flickering, a flickering hope. The candle's still burning. Uh, I I don't think we'll see it uh, uh, as for right now. I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, we we also didn't get more on uh, the JD Dillard project and and there's obviously more going on. They they could only give so much to our brains right now, so there's still time. There's still uh, a way to make it happen. We're we're locked in for 2023, 2025, 2027, right? That was the movie release slate uh, updated at the beginning of the, of the pandemic kind of situation here. So even even that could change some more. Um, it, it could still happen, but I, I think. Uh, I don't know. Just sometimes you got to just be like, all right, dreams can change or dreams can die. But (laughs) I've got to find a way to keep on going. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't think that this is confirmation that it isn't happening. Uh, That's my uh, feeling as I'm recording this. We'll see what Twitter says when I am done recording this. But (laughs) my my reaction to this is the Obi-Wan gif uh, on Dagobah with the hands up saying patience <laughs> yeah uh, i i still have flickering hope it makes a lot of sense to me that this isn't everything this is just enough to really give people a peek of all of the stuff that's coming relatively soon stuff that's coming in the in quite a bit of time from now uh but i don't think it's everything uh by any means so i think there is still like great hope for that ryan johnson trilogy and also i think a, a thing to keep in mind is if ryan johnson still wants to say, I'm, I, I've been developing stuff. I'm happy to have this conversation. I'd really like to work with you. I do want these to be movies, like not on Disney+. Plus. I want them to be released in a theater. That is the least developed part of the slate. The mm-hmm. only thing we really found out is Patty Jenkins, Rogue Squadron, 2023, and Taika Waititi's working on something, and here's a picture of what might be a ship in space. Anyway, mm-hmm. bye. That's it for the movies, right? Yeah. So. That is the least developed part of the slate, which gives me uh, some uh, sense of flickering hope Mm -hmm. and some sense of Obi-Wan patience gif that that is still in development. And it's just not in a place to be talked about. And they want to keep some stuff in their back pocket because we're all going to chew through this. And six months from now, we're going to be wondering what other Star Wars projects are coming? And they're going to want to be able to tell us other big things.
2: Yeah, we need to get everything from Pixar and Marvel for the next 25 years, right? Yeah, exactly. You're right. Uh, you know, we're in, in four months, Are we're going to be like, hey, yeah, you got some of that Star Wars news. <laughs> <laughs> um, we really are, because this is
3: so overwhelming to come out in, you know, one day. But then the actual pace of when these things are going to be released, we're still going to find ourselves in those valleys of like, when's their new on-screen
2: Star Wars? yeah 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 you know, no confirmation that feige uh that feige developed star wars story is anything here today you know he could right. be involved in the patty jenkins one he could be even the Tycho one um we don't know we don't know so and like i said the jd diller project that was uh out there you know so there's a lot going on yeah i, I have hope because i really want to see it um and to, you know i'm sure i'm sure there's some people using today as an opportunity to, to dance on ryan star wars grave and uh you know hey you know, choose your path, and and that's definitely a choice. But uh, I, there's so much joy going her day uh, that I will use that to keep the hope alive.
3: I think that is a great way to end it. We wanted to acknowledge uh, that there is a a, a force spirit missing in uh, the discussion of Ryan Johnson's work, but let's focus on we just discussed all of these new star Wars projects, some of them entirely new to us. Uh, some of them uh, just great confirmations of, of, things that a lot of us have really pined for. And then a weird experimental dishes to some of us to try and go, do I like this? I don't know. I'm going to find out. Uh, I'm going to eat it and find out. There's so much uh, to be joyful about in star Wars. And also I have become very hungry. You
2: need to go. So, uh, so shall we wrap up Ken? Let's wrap up. Indeed. I'm thinking of a snack to grab on the way to my next location. You can't eat minestrone soup in a car. <laughs> I have tried. Uh, yes, you can follow Force Center all over the place, but on Twitter, at Force Center Pod. Find our Facebook page and like us there We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. You can find the podcast on a lot of spots like Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now Amazon Music. You can buy merch at tpublic.com slash Force Center. We still sell that Speculate Responsibly shirt designed by the great (laughs) Brian Ward. Now might be a time to get it, or now might be a time to wear it, just to remind everybody when they're uh, heading down the Speculate uh, road. Uh, And, uh, of course, you can support us uh, directly at patreon.com slash center. And uh, follow me at catnabsock or go to catnabsock.com and Joseph at Joseph Scrimshaw or josephscrimshaw.com. Mando Report, deep dives, more news and cues, a lot going on. But we really wanted to take tonight uh, to record and uh, share our thoughts on the big news, Joseph.
3: That is right. Like Ken said, you can find all my comedy adventures on my website, josephsgrimshaw.com. You can find me Twitter and Instagram at josephsgrimshaw. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the Star Wars Buffet, for that Obi-Wan Kenobi logo that appears to be blowing sand, and Hayden Christensen, the famous sand-talking character, is going to be in it. This has been Force Center.